Drive to the pass. Hold it. Defense. Number 33. Five-yard penalty. Automatic. First down. Welcome to the 4th and Inches Officiating Podcast. We are here with a very special guest today. Not only do we have our resident UK zebra, Roger Goodgrove. How's it going, Roger? Good evening. Good evening. Uh, we also have the King of Rules Experts for Fox Sports and the former Senior Vice President of Officiating for the NFL, Mr. Dean Brandino. How's it going, Dean? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're Excellent. Doing very well, thank you. Um, Dean, obviously we've got a lot to go through, but let me just start by giving a, um, our listeners a background about yourself, um, who have only seen, you know, those listeners who have only seen you on Fox Sports. So you joined the NFL as an intern in the early 1990s, before going on to head up the replay department for six years, starting in 1999. You then returned to the NFL as a director of officiating in 2012, rising to Senior Vice President of Officiating before leaving the post in 2017. You then joined your old boss, Mike Pereira, who we had as a guest uh, last week um, as a TV rules analyst. And then in 2018, you added that um, to the job with the role of Director of Instant Replay for the NCAA, before also going on to consult for the AAF and the Head of Officiating for the XFL. Now, for someone like me who's had the same mundane job for the best part of 12 years, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it is it is a lot when you when you kind of lay it out that way. It's it's yeah. been it's been quite a journey and uh, I've been very blessed to uh, you know have been a part of football and officiating and surrounded by really good people. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's it's been an exciting career so far, and I'm looking forward to the next uh, next the next few chapters. Yeah, hundred percent. What what do you think's been sort of your biggest satisfaction? What's been the the best role in your opinion out of all of those? If you could pick one. Yeah, I think it's instant replay. I think in back in 1999 when the NFL when owners voted to bring in instant replay back, and I was heavily involved and. So to be a part of something, really, the NFL had, had an instant replay system prior to that. It didn't last very long, five, six seasons. Um, and this was kind of the new age with digital technology and, and similar to what we see today. So to have been a part of that on the ground floor and see where instant replay is today, that's probably the most rewarding um, part of my career so far. Yeah. So, Dean, we have some breaking news today um, with the announcement of the uh, teams that will be hosting the International Series. So, other than picking a crew to attend, what other issues does hosting abroad place on officiating? Yeah, well, obviously the travel, right? Because most, you know, all of the games are, are within the United States. And, yeah, there could be some cross-country travel in the United States as is such a, a big, big area to cover, but it is, you have the time differences, you have to travel. Normally an officiating crew will go in to the, the city the, the day before. If there's a Sunday game, you go in on Saturday, you have a pregame, 
you go through those things. Maybe if it's uh, a time difference, if you're going from the East Coast to the West Coast or West Coast to the East Coast, you might go in a day early. Um, with the games in, in Europe, and I know, you know, the London games, which I was lucky enough to be a part of, and now we're going to play a game in Munich in Germany. Um, the time difference, difference is a big thing. So you're going to go earlier. The crew will probably go maybe on Thursday for a Sunday game. Get acclimated. Um, other than that, once you get to Saturday and Sunday, it's more or less the same schedule. And uh, you're, you know, you're having a pregame meeting on Saturday, get to the stadium of roughly two and a half, three hours before kickoff and work the game. And, and then I'm sure the crew will, will enjoy some sightseeing and some other things if they've never been to, to uh, you know, that city. Um, but really, it's just traveling a little bit earlier um, and, uh, and getting acclimated to the time difference. As you know, I'm going to be heading up the training program for replay officials in the European League of Football. And this will be our first season with replay every game. You were central to the NFL's second use of replay. Can you tell us what it was like in those early days and a little of the growing pains you experienced? Yeah, there were a lot of growing pains. We didn't really, we didn't know what we didn't know. And, and we we went in and, and it was a very, um, the rule was, was structured in a way where it was a coaches challenge system and but everybody was you know there weren't anyone maybe very few people that had been involved in the replay system prior from 1986 to 1991 and that was such a different system um, so this was new for everyone and it felt like every game we were we were experiencing something new and something we hadn't experienced before and and, and the the rule the rule expanded over the years and even the casebook, right? A casebook are play situations that are more specific than the general rule language. Um, and when we started in 1999, we didn't really have a casebook. And by mid season, we probably had a hundred different situations that we didn't, we didn't know that we were going to uh, run into. So it was, uh, it was a little bit, uh, a little less structured, and we were uh, sometimes making stuff up as we went along. But, but that's what the casebook was for, and those learnings were great as we put more structure to the rule. And, and now you have a, a, a rule that is several pages long, a casebook that is 200, 250 play situations. Um, so it has certainly expanded since then. Thank you for that. And this is one of the fan questions that have come in. So. Thinking back to your time in the NFL, um, which coaches caused you the most issues and why? And was there any particular coach who understood the rule book, you know, inside and out? Who would you say? Yeah. So to answer the first question, which coaches gave me the most uh, heartburn? I'll, I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> um, there, there was, there were several. One that. Um, uh, one of the more colorful coaches, Bruce Arians, who, you know, coaches hey. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. And, and when I was when I was at the league office as the 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 SVP of officiating, Bruce was with the, the Arizona Cardinals and he would call and he was one of those guys where he would just let you have it and and call you every name under the sun. Um, but then once it was over, then we could kind of, you know, get to get to some a better place. Uh, there's, you know, people give, people always have this kind of, this perception of Bill Belichick, you know, to answer your second question, he was probably one of the coaches and there were several, but Bill was one of the coaches that really knew the rule book inside and out. 
And he was very, very personable um, and uh, and quite funny when you talk to him. You know, there's a there's a media right. There's a media face that a lot of coaches put on, and then there's that that face they put on off camera. And, and Bill was great uh, to deal with. I did, I never really had a coach that I felt like I didn't want to talk to, or um, because there were always there was times when when coaches win, they're in a different a different mood than when they lose, and you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to understand that. Um, and uh, but there were there were some I remember some being on the uh, the wrong end of some Tom Coughlin phone calls and oh. uh, and and having to having yeah. to listen to uh, yeah a little bit uh, you know some some tough yeah. some tough love there but uh, most of the coaches were great to work yeah Tom Coughlin's very uh, keen on time management as well isn't he so you have yes. to be there five minutes early otherwise you know that's Coughlin time that's right yeah but funny enough. Um, Tampa Bay's my team so uh yeah I find that quite funny about Bruce Arians because I was expecting I was half expecting that answer to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah he owes me he said he's going to send me a picture of me you know giving me the flipping me the bird right giving me the, the middle <laughs> finger so he said he owes me a picture so I can put on my uh <laughs> put on my trophy case excellent now, from our interview with Mike Pereira last week it was clear that he has concerns with the expedited replay um, and he thinks it's discouraging officials from making the call on the field. Given your past role as head of replay in the NFL and now obviously leading it in college, do you share that view? Well, there's certainly, you know, I think it's a concern. Absolutely. I think replay has impacted the way officials um, call the game on the field. And, and I don't think it's, it's, it's necessarily a, um, a purposeful thing. It's just the way it is. We're, we're knowing that in certain situations, if you let it play out, replay can fix something. Whereas if you kill the play immediately, let's say it's a, a runner who's down by contact or an incomplete pass um, and the defense picks up the loose ball, we know that we can't allow the defense any advance if we've killed it on the field. So that has definitely creeped into the on-field um, mentality. Um, I don't think the expedited review necessarily is a bad thing. I, I do think you have to continue to work with your on-field officials to do what they've been doing, make a call, make a ruling, and then replay can come in and correct something if it's if it needs correcting. And I think sometimes the lines get blurred and, uh, and we're not as decisive on the field as we should be because we're waiting for replay to get involved. And I think that's more of just a teaching direction um, with the on-field officials to make sure that they're still focused on making a call. And then if replay needs to come in, they'll come in and correct something. Yeah. And also thinking about Mike, his USFL officials will be drawn predominantly from the NFL's officiating development program. As that's also where many came from for the last run of the XFL, is that going to raise issues around the quality of the available officials for you? No, I think there's so many really good officials out there and, and a lot of whether it's the officiating develop, development program, um, college football conferences, there's really that program is great, but there are other officials outside that program that that, you know, haven't had that opportunity yet. So I think here in America, there there is no shortage of really good officials, football officials at that level. And, uh, and I don't think, you know, whether it's the XFL, USFL, I don't think it's going to be a problem finding quality officials. Thank you for that. Um, another fan question that's come in. So 
what they're saying is that we reached a critical juncture in instant replay where it's used too much and we spend three minutes looking to see, you know, if a ball has touched a blade of grass. Do you, what's your sort of opinion on that fan's comment? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a valid point. I, I remember when we brought replay back in and there was um, George Young, who was in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a, a general manager for the New York Giants and worked at the NFL League office when we were there beginning replay and, and he was very aware of that and said once you know once the kind of he used the term the 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 camel's nose is under the tent and I didn't know what that meant right but I had to look it up that's a proverb about you know once the once you start and you know it's not you're not going to be able to, to to stop and you're going to continue to expand and and do different things. So I think we're just seeing that as technology continues to improve, as the the expectation on officiating to be perfect. Um, as you think about the impact of, of sports betting and, and, and gaming and those types of things, the expectation is perfection. And on-field officials um, are not perfect because they're human beings and they see things once and they have to make a call and, and replay while it's still not perfect, um, it gives you an, an added layer to, to hopefully uh, mitigate some mistakes. Um, so I think it's a balance. I think it's, a, it's definitely a concern that we might be going too far. Um, you want to keep right on the college level here in, in the United States, we, we average about two, 2.1, 2.2 reviews per game. Wouldn't want to go beyond that. The NFL is a little bit less because they have a challenge system, one, a little over one a game. Um, we can't have a game where you're looking at eight or nine plays a game or you're or you're you're waiting for someone in a, in a replay booth to to confirm every other call that that just kills the flow of the game and, and it destroys momentum and those things are important to the to the outcome of the game and and just the 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 experience of watching the game and I think it's something that everyone has to be aware of and, and create that that right balance. And talk, talking about going maybe a step too far, this is a question revolving about the AAF. So you introduced a sky judge. Um, do you feel the NFL needs it now? And how would you define the difference between it and the way the NFL uses replay officials currently? Yeah, so the sky judge concept is a little bit different than what the NFL does currently. A sky judge concept would be almost like another official that has the same responsibilities that an on-field official has, can, can create a foul, can pick up a flag for a foul, um, those types of things. Whereas what the NFL has done is tried to stick to objective elements of, of a play where either the ball hitting the ground or the, the runner's knee being down, those types of things where that person upstairs could give immediate feedback to the on-field crew. Um, I, I think the sky judge concept is, I think, again, as we continue down this path, um, I think we'll eventually see something along those lines. I, I know there's NFL clubs that are that are proposing rules changes around replay and adding to replay. You think about the play in the Super Bowl with the T Higgins touchdown, you know, did he grab Jalen Ramsey's face mask and 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 gain that advantage? There was no flag on the field. Is that an opportunity for replay to come in and correct that? I do think it's it's a slippery slope. You have to keep it limited uh, because as soon as you you correct one mistake, there's always something else that happens in a big game in a big situation, and everybody says, "Well, why can't we correct that?" And then eventually, we're you know we're looking at everything, and I don't think we're ever going to be able to look at everything through replay. 
Um, I think you have to keep things, some things on the field and do things in replay where it's obvious and you keep it limited. Maybe it's around player safety issues. Um, maybe it's around, you know, the end of the game where a team has less opportunity to overcome an officiating mistake. I think those are things worth looking at um, as we as we kind of move forward in this area. Yeah, 100%. And another fan question's come in um, about uh, Art McNally. So he was recently inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, can you tell us why that was such an important you know, moment for officiating? Yeah, it was such an important moment for officiating because unlike the other Hall of Fame for professional sports in the United States, there wasn't anyone who had an on-field officiating background in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that was such a big step. And I really can't think of, you know, anyone, and I've said this to so many people, there's no one, at least in my experience, that contributed more over a longer period of time to the game of football in the NFL than Art McNally. And, you know, he was, he was an official on the field. He was a supervisor of officials. Um, he, he oversaw the first implementation of instant replay in the NFL. So many important rules changes. He created a structure around officiating, whereas before there wasn't a grading system. There wasn't an evaluation system. Um, he created that structure and, uh, and he was such a big part of the game and, and of the, you know, the league for a long, long time. And, and so it was really important when you think about, you know, officiating and how that's viewed for the most part, it tends to have this negative, you know, connotation and to, for officials, young officials, um, any official to see someone who does what they do enter the pro football hall of fame. That's such a great accomplishment and such an inspiring moment for all officials. So talking of innovation, um, I read recently that the, the XFL um, restart will collaborate with the NFL on select innovation programs. What do you think the XFL will be able to teach the NFL? Well, yeah, I think the XFL, obviously some things like kickoff that was used during the XFL 2020 season. Um, you know, the NFL is, co co is committed to player safety and looking at plays that might have a higher rate of injury kick returns have have been that for for uh you know at times in the past so i think that's a part of it i think the the transparency that the xfl had with the whether it was the replay process the officiating process being able to kind of look in hear what's happening i think that's something the nfl can look at um and then I, I, again i think that collaboration is really important because there's Look, in a startup league or a new league where you don't have the the kind of the, the tradition and other things that the NFL has, you can do some things that are a little bit outside the box. You don't have to get it passed by, you know, 75% of the of the clubs. And I think that's there's some things that maybe the NFL has wanted to do that they really couldn't get a rules change passed that that maybe the XFL or even the USFL can do. I've got another fan question, and this must be a disgruntled fan, the way the question's worded, to be honest. I'm not sure which team it's going to be, but what they're asking in is, is there a solution to the widely perceived variance between officiating crews' management of games? So they've not given us any specific sure. games, I guess, which may have helped, but, you know, they feel that maybe one officiating crew compared to another one and sort of the variance that follows. Yeah. How would you sort of no, And I think there is to some extent, and that that's always been the greatest challenge. I know at my time at the NFL, the biggest challenge was to get 
you have 17 officiating crews to try to get them on the same page and to manage and officiate the game the same way. And, and within those 17 crews, you have seven different on-field officials, you have a replay crew. And to get those individual officials on the same page, it's a big challenge because you want the game to be called the same way, whether it's the Seahawks and the Ravens playing in one in one game or the Eagles and the Giants. You don't want to see. And I think a lot of people point to number of fouls called by crew. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a, a an accurate if one crew calls more fouls than the other, because in theory, it's the teams that decide how many fouls there are. But there are certainly some crews that may that may be more liberal in letting fouls go and uh, or some crews that might call it a little bit uh, tighter. And you want to make sure that you you balance that out and then where you don't have crews at you know, at either end of the spectrum and more toward the, the middle. And I think, look, there's there's referees that miss styles and different ways that they they approach the game. But that that that's incumbent upon the leadership within the officiating department to get them on the same page and to, to provide consistent messaging and consistent evaluation and feedback. So there aren't those, those wide variants. Mm. So just go back to the sky judge for a second. Are the people that you'd put in that position as a sky judge, the same as what you'd put in as replay officials? And if not, what's the fundamental difference do you think between the two roles? Yeah, I think there is, there is a little bit of a balance there as well because in a sky on field issues you would want someone that has more experience with those issues right whereas replay it's a little bit different when you're dealing with whether it's catch no catch or fumble down by rule judge if you're dealing with more pass interference or offensive holding or or, or anything like that um the, kind of the skill set in the between the, the two most replay officials have officiating experience and they, they understand replay. They also understand the on-field component. And I think that that can come with training and teaching and, and direction. Um, but there is, you know, would be looking at more on-field issues than what replay current people that, that have that, that experience in that, in that direction, um, you know, in that, in that position. Okay. And also obviously looking at, sort of the future of officiating in terms of developments. Obviously now we know the XFL is going to sort of collaborate with the NFL. What sort of um, changes do you see in officiating in the future? Well, yeah, I think, you know, the a constant theme has been full-time officiating, right? Football officials, just by, because of the way the schedule has been, you play one game a week, they've always had other, other jobs, other professions. And, and I think some, sometimes we, we don't, a lot of people don't realize how much time they do put into this, this craft and how much time they spend during the week. And it's not just showing up on game day, working the game, and then, and then not worrying about it till the following week. But I think as we see spring football leagues like the USFL and XFL with more opportunities for live snaps, um, I think that that becomes more of a reality where you might have a, a, a officials or, or officials coming in to the NFL now, maybe, you know, they, they are full-time and they go in and they're going to work a spring league and they're going to do more during the off season. Um, during the season, you know, maybe there's, there's a place, a center, an institute that they can go to and, 
and and you know on a rotating basis or and 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 work on different things and get together and talk as as crews and talk as referees in different positions so i think that's that's part of it um i know the league has, has had several iterations of a full-time officiating program um but i think as these spring leagues continue to give more opportunities for officials to get snaps um, we might see more you know uh progress towards a full-time officiating model i, I think that's I was just going to say, I think that's one advantage that we have in the UK officiating is that we don't have an off season. We have a university season during the winter and then we have the City League during the summer. So we get you know, lots of snap repetition, which is great. Absolutely. And just obviously going back to the XFL, just to let you know, Dwayne Johnson's my guy. I mean, he's um, basically the reason I'm actually doing this podcast in the first place. I got into this sort of media world was because of Dwayne. Um, how hands-on is he with the XFL? And do we have any idea in terms of, um, for the UK listeners out there, obviously it's still a while away, but do we have any sort of plans for UK, you know, the UK audience to get involved? Yeah, I, Dwayne is very hands-on. He's very passionate about this, you know, having played the game, played at the University of Miami in Florida, um, you know, his dream was to play in the NFL, didn't didn't achieve that dream, played in the Canadian Football League. And this has been a, a, a passion project for him because he wants to give opportunities to players who who maybe didn't have that opportunity to get to the NFL. Maybe this is their chance to do it. So he's been very hands on, been in, involved in a lot of the you know Zoom calls, meetings and things like that. And, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know all the details regarding the distribution broadcast, but I would imagine, you know, from everything that I've heard, it's, it's not just the United States, they're looking to be global and, and to, to be able to reach fans in the UK and Europe and in Asia and everywhere all over the world. And, and, the, and Dwayne Johnson is a, you know, he's, he's a household name in most parts of the world. And, and, and I think that's the goal for the yeah. XFL as well. I don't think there's anywhere in the world who doesn't know who Dwayne Johnson is, yeah. you know, um, and, and the XFL, hopefully, you know, as you say, it's, um, you know, going to go on to big and better things um, in the coming years. And we're very much excited here in the UK to see what that brings, because the more football we can bring to these shores, the more the game grows around the world, yeah, doesn't absolutely. it? So, we, you know, we, Exactly. So we thank you very much for obviously being a massive part of that in helping the game grow here and globally. Um, but that wraps things up uh, for today. You know, it's been a very eventful uh, 30 minutes or so. So um, I just want to thank you for, you know, bringing, you know, your voice to in your passion today. You know, it's been very much well, appreciated. Thank you for having me. And I really appreciate and to all the, the football, the football fans in the UK, the American football fans. I, I love that the game is growing and uh, I'm really happy and love to join you guys again at some point. No, the pleasure will be ours. It'll be great to have you. Once again, uh, that, thank you. That wraps things up with the um, Roger Goodgrove's officiating podcast. We'll see you guys next season. Mm-hmm.